0: Hey everyone, it's Ariel Hawani. And I'm Chuck Mindenhall. And I'm P.T. Carroll. And together we are 3Pack. Join us on the brand new Spotify Live app immediately after all of the biggest fights in combat sports. And also during the weigh-ins because that's when the real drama happens. So what are you waiting for? Follow the Ring MMA show right now on our exclusive Spotify podcast feed. And come join the best community in MMA. Peace! We're out of here.
1: So download the app today and bet with Fandle, official partner of the NBA. The ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem one 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com.
0: This episode is brought to you by Atlassian.
1: baby happy new year one and all welcome in it is the first new york new york of 2023 and it is a tale of true football moods to start off this brand spanking new year one team in town feeling festive popping bubbly celebrating a return trip to the postseason another team lamenting a lot of coulda, shoulda, wouldas. anguish, despair, and simply put, a no-show in the Pacific Northwest against the Seattle Seahawks. But I like to think of myself as a positive person. I'm usually a pretty upbeat guy. That's just how I roll. That's what I do. I'm going to start with the positive upbeat news to kick off 2023 from a football standpoint. That's freaking off to the New York Giants. Can we give Brian Dable, can we give my dude Daniel Jones a rousing standing ovation for the season they have put together and doing exactly what they were supposed to do against the hapless, checked out Indianapolis Colts. The Giants went out on Sunday and laid the SmackDown. You can make the argument this was one of, if not their most convincing win of the entire season. 38 to 10 over Indy, a flawless game from our dude, Mr. Jones. 19 to 24, throws two touchdowns, runs for 91 yards, and he scores two more. This is the evolution of Daniel Jones that we've talked about all year using his athleticism cutting down on the mistakes, incredibly efficient, taking what defenses are giving him. That was all on full display throughout the four quarters of this game. Whether it's to James, to Hodgins, to Bellinger, not exactly working with, you know, a cast of characters, a a, a rousing, you know, top-notch supporting cast that would remind you of Nick's and would remind you of Cruz, or would remind you of, I don't know, take your pick, Toomer, Steve Smith, across the board, Plaxico Burris, you name it. This is not that giant group. And I think when you look at Daniel Jones in the year he has had, and the year the Giants have had, getting back to the postseason for the first time since 2016, can we just say it? Brian Dable is the freaking coach of the year. And I know I host New York, New York, and I know there are going to be people out there saying, well, JJ, what about what about Suriani? What about Andy Reid? What about O'Connell, whose team got absolutely waxed by the Green Bay Packers today? They're like 13-3, and, and they got a 40-negative point differential. So, please, I don't want to hear about the Vikings. The fact that this giant team is going to the playoffs with the roster they had. If that's not a testament to the coaching of Brian Dable, well, then, folks, I don't know what is. This was a masterful coaching job in his first season. This was supposed to be a rebuild. This was supposed to be a mini teardown. This was supposed to be a year where you talked about the end of Daniel Jones and the end of Saquon Barkley, and the Giants were going to blow it up, and they were going to be a lousy team, and they'd have a top pick, and they'd kind of take it from there. Well, they did none of that. They found a way to win games in the beginning of the year. They shouldn't have won. They weathered the midseason storm when it looked like the team was kind of falling apart. And they've rallied here over the last few weeks. They won the big game they had to have in Washington. They played a very spunky and competitive game against the Minnesota Vikings. And they smoked the Indianapolis Colts. And the icing on the cake. How about Landon Collins? Coming back to the Giants because the Giants are in need and goes and gets a pick six. Here's what I like about what the Giants have going they know exactly what they are as a team, they're not confused about their identity. They know their quarterback can make plays athletically on the run. They want him to take care of the football, they want to be efficient, they want to get Saquon going. And now they have an identity on the defensive side it's the pass rush and Wink Martindale dialing it up dialing up blitzes which he loves to do but then having guys like Thibodeau who has come on in a big way and had a monster vicious hit on Nick Foles little much and I love Chabon little much with the celebrating when your guy is basically dead on the sideline getting caught it off the field let's Chabon I love you let's let's cool a little with that but all in all you love his game you love his swagger the guy's going to be a top-notch pass rusher for a long time and if you're a Giant fan kicking off this year, you're feeling great. This was a year you didn't expect. This is a year that came out of nowhere. You love where you stand with your coach. I think after hearing some of the comments from John Mara today, saw, you know, Connor tweeting a bunch of this stuff out, the Giants are going to keep Daniel Jones. I think they want to. I think the owner wants to. I think they like his demeanor and the way he carries himself. And they feel like they screwed him up in the early going of his career. And not for nothing. They're not wrong. Dan Jones is a competent, quality quarterback in this league. He's proven that all year. He's a legitimate NFL starter. And hats off to him and the team finding a way to the postseason. I like where the Giants are at. And if they match up with Minnesota, and we got plenty of time to dissect who their potential first-round opponent is going to be, that'll be decided in the next two weeks. If it's Minnesota as opposed to San Francisco, I think they're a very live dog. I'll be feeling much differently if they go to San Francisco, but that's a story for a different day. Look, you're in the playoffs. Life is good. Pick sixes, beat down, party out of MetLife Stadium. Maybe you'll wink Martindale. Maybe you kept the party going from Saturday night. And if you did, more power to you. So hats off to the New York Giants who are postseason bound. The New York Jets will not be postseason bound. My goodness, that was ugly against the Seattle Seahawks. And you don't want to get nuts in overanalyzing and overreacting to a game immediately in the opening series. But this was one of those games against Seattle. And I don't know if the Jet fan felt this way, but I most certainly felt this way. It felt like the game was over on the opening series. Even with the return of Mike White, even with everything being front of this particular team, I, I see that opening series. Jet defense, letting Kenneth Walker go nuts. Geno Smith marching right down the field, scoring a touchdown. Boom, it's seven up in Seattle. And once again, this defense gets off to an incredibly slow start. And that is a problem for the head coach. This happened in the Lion game. This happened in the Jaguar game. This happened today against Seattle. It happened in the Viking game. You can't get off to these slow starts defensively. And the Jet defense in the first half couldn't do much right. Now, you want to give them credit for buckling down a little bit in the second half? Be my guest. But they were not good enough. This was supposed to be the unit that was going to carry the Jets into the postseason. They did not do it. Got a call like it is. They didn't do it. That first half, not good enough. Cross the board. I don't want the defense getting people throwing apologies their way. No, 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 no. They got to take accountability for their first half and their slow starts over the last few weeks. Now, the question that was looming over the franchise at the beginning of the year, in the middle of the season, it's still there going into the Jets' final game. Where are the Jets at quarterback? Because Mike White came back and was awful. Can we acknowledge that? And I have been one of these guys banging a drum and saying, don't play Zach Wilson. He's not any good. This is Mike White's team. Yeah, well, listen, Mike White got hurt. Second year in a row, he's gotten hurt. And biggest game of his life, couldn't play worse against Seattle. I mean, he's missing wide open receivers. He's missing throws. It felt like I was watching Zach Wilson, for goodness sakes. I mean, how many times did he miss Garrett Wilson over the middle of the field or to the outside? I mean, at least on three or four different occasions. He turned the football over. He looked like a guy who hadn't played in a few weeks. And this was the ultimate audition for him. Fair or unfair, the injury combined with this stinker It leaves you in a position where, I think you got to be real, if you're a Jeff fan being logical about this after this loss, your future starting quarterback is not on the roster. Is that fair to say? I I would say yes. I don't think the starting quarterback's on the roster. And I thought maybe Mike White would have a feel-good last two weeks, rally you maybe into the postseason, and then you'd be thinking otherwise? You got to reevaluate that after this game. He throws two interceptions. He's completing less than 50% of his passes. That was a brutal watch today. An absolutely brutal watch. And you're learning a couple of things about the Jets. When they don't run the football, they don't have success. That's number one. Number two, their offensive line without Vera Tucker really regressed and regressed and regressed to a point where at the end of the year, Seattle's defense especially their front four, it's been average at best. They're, they're, they're looking like the Legion of Boom today against the Jets. That's a warning. Are there positives you could take away from this Jets season? There are. You drafted incredibly well. You clearly missed Vera Tucker. You clearly missed Brees Hall. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And I think for most reasonable Jet fans, you did not look at this year as the year you were going to make the playoffs. You didn't. But when you're seven and four and it's all in front of you and you have these games at the end of the year and you perform the way that the Jets did, it's hollow. Franchise at a crossroads. They've had gut punches over the years like excruciating, excruciating losses that have knocked them out of the postseason. Buffalo, for example, in 2015, that's one that comes to mind. The Christmas Eve debacle in 2000 against the Ravens when they had 400 yards of offense and still lost to that all-time great defense because of nonsense. That's one that comes to mind. Even 2011, the game they played down in Miami against the Dolphins, that's another. This game wasn't like that. Because the Jets were never in the game. This game was over from Jump Street. That shows you there's a lot more work that needs to be done getting this roster to the next step. They're building. They're ascending. I don't think they're moving in the wrong direction. But now it's time to make that next jump next year. And I think that means getting a quarterback in here who is stable, who is proven, and who is a winner. And I think we are going to spend a whole lot of time over the next few weeks and over the next few months trying to dissect who that quarterback is for the New York Jets because I do not think it's in the draft. I don't think the Jets, with a coach who needs to win next year, I think it's going to be close to a playoff mandate for Robert Salah. I really do. That's the way life works in the NFL. Three years, you don't go to the playoffs. You don't have a winning year. You usually don't survive that. He's got to win. Joe Douglas has got to win. They have talent. They have it on defense. They have pieces on offense. They got to get a quarterback in here who can play 16 to 17 weeks and who's going to be towards the top half of the week. Is that Jimmy Garoppolo? I like him more than Derek Carr. Is that Gordon Minshew? A lot of, a lot of moving parts for the Jets. Some of you may make the argument it's Mike White. Going to be tougher to make that argument after what you saw today. This was eye opening. This performance combined with mm, the injuries, no bueno. But I'll be down in South Florida next week. And I got to admit, I've been talking about it with Stefan and the great Tommy Keenan who'll be with me. And, you know, there's going to be this great battle between the Jets and the Dolphins. Maybe it's Sunday night. Maybe it's winning in. There's going to be all this excitement. But, blah, but. Now, It might be a Jet team that is eliminated against the Dolphin team that went from 8-3 to 8-8 that needs help in order to get into the playoffs. And I got to sit there and watch Skyler freaking Thompson at quarterback. So whoop the freaking do Hooray. Great. I'm going to get a little 10. I'm probably going to shoot some terrible golf scores, and I'm going to have to watch that atrocity Sunday. So much for that game being the game. That's a Sunday 1 o'clock special. Skyler freaking Thompson. So the Jet fan may be in a rotten mood. I'm in a rotten mood too with my football team. But hey, we do have something to celebrate here. I want to have some positive vibes going into the new year. And at least the New York Giants provided that. What a win against the Indianapolis Colts. All right, we'll come back. Voicemails Gore. Very eventful day in New York football. We have a postseason bound team. That's exciting. We also have a team that's playing out the string week 18. Not so exciting. We'll run around the league, we'll do some playoff formulas and all the scenarios, and I had a lot of fun watching the college this weekend. This is a fun little weekend, Phone New Year's weekend. All right, voicemails. They're coming up
0: This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like JIRA, Confluence and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. because individually we're great, but together. We're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Voicemail time.
1: One jubilant fan base, one miserable fan base. Sounds about right. 917-382-1151. All right, Steph, this should be interesting. Looking forward to uh, hearing where this goes.
2: Take it away. What up, JJ? It's Andrew from Brooklyn. Want to wish a happy new year to you, Stefan, the entire New York, New York family. Appreciate everything you do. Excited for another big year out of you, brother. Let's get after it. Now, I want to take a moment to give a standing ovation to Daniel Jones. Real swag is no swag. Motherfucking Daniel Jones. What a performance today in the most consequential game of his career. He is freaking locked in and playing tremendous football, as the great Bill Parcell says. It is not the best team. It is the team that's playing the best. You have to lock this guy up without a doubt. He's proven it this year, taking a below-average roster to the playoffs. Imagine the growth and development we can continue to expect with continuity of the current regime in place. Dayball, give him his flowers, brought out the best in DJ. No reason to mess around. Lock this guy down. Pumped for the playoffs. Feels a little like we're playing with house money. And we've seen these underdog Giants teams do this before. So why the hell not us? Let's go, G-Men. And God bless Daniel Jones.
1: The Giant fan is singing a much different tune with their quarterback compared to a year ago and compared to two years ago. Ain't that the truth? Jones played a full season. He cut down on the mistakes. He's been coached up properly. That's what this coaching staff has done. They have squeezed every last ounce of talent out of this roster. Is this a playoff roster with the Giants? Not the way I see it. And I'm not trying to be disparaging. I'm not trying to throw cold water on anything. I'm just being real. I don't think the Giants... Talent wise, or a playoff caliber roster, but their coaching has gotten them to play above their expectation. So I appreciate that salute that you gave the quarterback. He's having the best season of his career. He has clearly gotten better, and he's the giant quarterback for the next two to three years, as far as I'm concerned. Very curious how the giants set up that contract, but I I would be, let's put it this way I would be stunned. If Daniel Jones is not the week one giant quarterback in 2023. Taking his team to the postseason? I mean, I don't even think he needed to anyway. But now that just like adds another notch to his belt for what he was able to do this year. And again, look at what he's working with. Like, I am encouraged to see what Daniel Jones can look like with Brian Dable if they actually go and get some playmakers. Maybe he could take it to another level. Why not? That's the expectation now with Brian Dable in town. First year taking the team to the playoffs with this roster—crazy. All right, who's
3: next? Hey JJ, just watched the Jets game. They lost again. They were losing straight out of the gate. And I want to go back to Week One. Robert Sala gets up on the podium. He says, "We're not the same old Jets. We're taking receipts for all the team, all the people that are the same are the same old Jets." Well, guess what? Here's a receipt. We're the same old Jets. We are seven. We were five and two. We're going to be seven and nine. We, we had it all lined up for us to go and maybe win the division, get a playoff spot. We didn't. We made mistake after mistake after Brees and ABC went down. We had no chance to win this game. It was over from the second it started. We, we, we drafted a terrible quarterback. It sounds like the same old Jets. And I go back to certain plays. I go back to the roughing the passer with J- John Franklin Myers. That changed our season. I go back to. CJ Mosley jumping off sides. And in this game, Bryce Hop does a little offside thing. Just they make bad mistakes. It's, and it's all on the coach. They didn't change the culture. It was all a mirage that we were actually going to do anything this year. And it'll be an interesting offseason. At least this team is worth following now. They clearly have a lot of potential and young talent, but this is just like inexcusable the way they, they were five and two. They were seven and four. They were right there and they just, they just threw it all away.
1: I get that. You're going to hear a lot of that from Jet fans that they are not going to be accepting of, hey, we're moving in the right direction. Hey, we're accumulating talent because you're so beaten down by the history of the franchise. There's a lot of that. That until you see. the Progress train churning through. It's very easy to go back to same old Jets, same old Jets. Same old Jets. Big games throughout the month of December for this franchise. They lose to Minnesota. They lose to Buffalo. They're better teams. Detroit, yucked the game away. Jacksonville, quarterback was an embarrassment. And today was a nutshell. I don't want to hear about the defense rounding into form in the second half of the game when the game was already over. Who Who cares? And I understand that there are going to be some who say, well, They're so behind the eight ball because of what the offense is. Maybe that's the case, but this defense had opportunities to go and win big games, and they didn't do it. They couldn't make the big stop in a Minnesota game. They couldn't make the big stop in a Detroit game. They let Jacksonville move it up and down the field in the first half of that game. To the point where Jacksonville didn't even want to do anything in the second half because they basically said, Jets can't do anything. So let's play conservative. We don't care if we get shut out. Take care of the ball, we're going to win. Chets have talent on defense. We all know that. But to say that I'm going to be pounding my chest and be proud of the defense for the way they played over the last couple weeks? No, I'm sorry. That is not the case. We know the overarching question is a quarterback. But this defense did not exactly inspire over these last few weeks. They didn't. Sorry. No game-changing plays. No difference-making plays. And too many lapses. Including this game against Seattle. Who's next?
4: JJ comes from Staten Island. And here we are again, just like we've been every freaking year for the last 20 years. The Patriots are going to the playoffs, and the fucking Jets and the fucking Dolphins are out again. I'm sick of franchises, man. The Jets with another pathetic performance today. And here we go again. It's be another quarterback's version in the and Ike White doesn't look like he has it. Maybe he's playing her. Who knows? I think next year, he's going to have to go into the season either competing or as a backup. And we got to get somebody else in here who can maybe take the job. I don't know if it's Jimmy D. I don't know if it's Carr. He's a special option. But here we are again. This team is going absolutely nowhere. Eliminated now with this prophetic performance. And Patriots are going again. What a fucking surprise. Every freaking year. Why waste my time? Thanks.
1: You know, Cump, it's going to be nauseating. If I'm sitting in South Florida next Sunday, regardless of the Jet Dolphin outcome, and I see a New England Patriot win over the Buffalo Bills, let's say Buffalo doesn't have much to play for, and they're now playing their guys in week 18, and New England finds their way into the postseason, that's going to be pretty sickening. Pretty freaking sickening, if you ask me. Because it's been the M.O. again and again and again throughout the AFC East, and this is a bad team that's not any good. Pat Pat team that yucked up a game against the Raiders. Pat team that yucked up a game against the Bengals. And if you're a Jet fan, you feel like you should have beat the Pats twice. At the very least, you should have beaten them once. So if the New England Patriots end up finding their way into the postseason this year, yeah, the New York Jets, that is an excellent, excellent point. They are a prime reason why that ended up being the case. Now, my team, again, my team could be in the playoffs today. They could have won this game up in New England today. I've been talking about the Dolphins. Now, I have no idea who the quarterback was going to be next week, if they even get get in. Like, my my joy and my excitement about this season has gone completely in in the toilet. Like, I I am just so beaten. I feel like you Jeff fans in many ways, but I think it's actually worse from my standpoint. Because my team was 8-3, and and they were this high-flying offense. What happened? What freaking happened? Oh, makes me sick. Makes me sick. So misery loves company, I guess. You're probably right. The Jets and the Dolphins will probably be on the outside looking in for the postseason. Gross. Absolutely gross. All right. Let's hear two more.
4: JJ, what's up, man? It's Chris Marchmont. Uh, it's been a it's been a little bit. Um, but I'm fucking like many other Jets or really any Jets fan today tonight, uh, gotta be pissed off. I mean, I'm I'm equally a weighted combo of the Jets and then angry. To be perfectly honest, this season's over. And it's interesting because, you know, going into the year, I think finishing seven and 10, eight and nine, I mean, that's that's above expectations in a, in a stepping stone. But just the, the choppy way that the season has gone with quarterbacks, the way that this uh, the end of the season has gone losing six of seven games is just, uh, just puts a really bitter taste in, in my mouth as the season winds down. And listen, I'm disappointed that White had a bad game at the worst time. You know, especially the injury, I don't care. Harder thing with him is anything beyond the backup at this point, and you know I can't sit here yet and debate the right to 2023 quarterback. I know for shit sure it's not Wilson. And I'm 99% sure it's not Mike quite. but I want to take the defensive-driven coaching staff to task a bit for a second. I mean, broadly solid now, looking at him over two seasons, is going to be probably 11 and 23, and that's a 3.74 winning percentage with a lot of duds. And poorly prepared efforts in that stretch, even as the team wasn't that talented last year. And, you know, as far as sacrificial lambs go, I don't know how you can keep Mike LaFleur, uh, next year. I mean, he has this predictable play calling from my, that I could see from my couch, being conservative when he should be aggressive and vice versa. And, you know, rarely guys wide open, especially on key plays. Just doesn't, I, don't, I just don't see the innovation from him, but the defense should be ashamed of themselves. I mean, a stubborn on, uh, on scheme, I think too often with Olbrich and Sala, the best coaches in this league adapt to the opponent. They Jets just, just don't seem to do that. And since the I mean trailing early defensively in six straight games, I mean that's coaching them. So I'm really, you know, I was I was down on the coaching staff earlier in the year. I was up on them for a little higher on them, uh, obviously when there was the winning streak and a lot, some of the momentum. But I'm sour on them again now. And I'm and, and this is a make or break year. I mean, I, I love for them to to cut bait and go for somebody like Sean Payne. I just don't think that's going to happen. But this is a do or die year coming up. And uh, yeah, that's it. So uh, Happy New Year to you, your fiance, and um, we'll talk soon. Take it easy. my friend.
1: Chris, I appreciate that sentiment. And I understand why you and many other Jet fans would feel like you're in a position where if Sean Payton was willing to come to your team, you'd want to see Sean Payton coaching the team. Now, I do not think that's going to happen unless Woody Johnson has serious say. I think if it's up to Joe Douglas, Joe Douglas is going to stick with Robert Salah for at least another year, but Jets are going to be in a playoffs or bust type of mandate next season. That's just the way it is. You referenced the Robert Salah record. They go seven and 10 again next year. He's not the coach. Fair or unfair? That's the way it works. You don't get three consecutive losing seasons in the NFL. And live, and live to tell about it when in the first three years you've ever coached the team. Unless you're in a situation like Campbell in Detroit where the team is so bad and the expectations are so low that maybe they give you an next year. And even Campbell, watch, they aren't any good next year. He's probably on a chopping block. That's the way life works in the NFL. It's cool. It's a tough gig. But that's the gig. That's the way it is. You don't like it? Go coach Little League. You get a lot more job security. Jets have talent on this roster. They got to figure out the quarterback position. And there are things with this coaching staff that frustrate you. The defense inability to get off to a fast start in these games is an indictment of Robert Sala and his defensive coaching staff, 1,000%. On the flip side, the offense, I know the floor is frustrating. He has been frustrating at times as a play call. Now, his offense looks a lot better when he's had White running the offense as opposed to, let's say, Zach Wilson. And he's not going anywhere if Salah's coaching the team. Remember, Matt LaFleur is Salah's good buddy. Best man in his wedding. It's his brother. You think he's firing him? I doubt it. Highly, highly doubt it. It's a relationship business in the NFL. This coach is, barring a stunner, and it's always usually a stunner in the NFL. It's just the way the league works. They'll probably, it will end up being a coaching vacancy where are like, holy shit, I can't believe that happened. I doubt it would be the Jets. I guess you could never rule out Woody Johnson, but I would say 95%. I'd put it at 95% that Robert Salah is coaching this team next season. But he'll have a lot on the line. Joe Douglas will have a lot on the line. Like the freebies are over. You can't, it's tough to sell these jet season when you were seven and four. Selling another losing year? Good luck. Good freaking luck. Won't happen. Just telling you, won't happen. They will be looking for a new head coach, guaranteed. They go seven and 10 again next year. Robert Salas not coaching the team. So, big year. Very, very big year. It's amazing. You go from playoffs to talking about the future in the franchise in a matter of like hours. Hours from where we were at four o'clock to where we are at eight thirty as we sit here taping this podcast. All right, let's take one more.
4: Say it with me, JH. Playoffs, baby! Playoffs, baby! What's up, man? It's Pete in Westchester here checking in. Giants clinching the playoffs, man! This is unbelievable. I can't even describe my emotions right now, man. This is. I don't know if I've felt this good about the Giants, man, since we won the second Super Bowl. I know that might sound the 2011 Super Bowl. It might sound a bit ridiculous, man, but. You know, 2016, you kind of had this feeling. That was a team that was bought with a ton of money. This time, man, this time, it feels like it's lasting change. Dayball has put a culture in place. He's got expectations in place. Coaching staff squeezed every single drop out of this roster, bro, to get us to this point. And it feels like, hey, we got a foundation in place, man, and we got to give Janie Jones his flowers here, bro. This guy balled out uncontrollably today. The guy was unconscious, bro. Unconscious. Like I said a few weeks ago, a few months ago, man, this was him coming on the podcast. It revitalized his career, man. What can you say? But hey, this is a great day. Happy New Year to you, to everybody out there. I'm just so happy to be a Giants fan today. And let's go blue, baby. Let's make some noise in the playoffs. Why the hell not? Why the hell not? All right, man. Take care. All the best. Well,
1: think about it. There have been so many years where the Giants fan has been so disgusted at the end of a the season. There have been so many years over the last six, seven, eight years where the month of November and December was irrelevant from their standpoint. You should enjoy it today. I think it's okay to be real where the franchise is at. Like, I don't think anybody is looking at this team as a championship caliber team. It's not what it's about. This team that had a losing culture, a losing vibe, Across the board, and a coach comes in in one year, is taking them to the playoffs, as they're still trying to figure things out within the roster. That's what winners do. The Giants have themselves a winning head coach, and I know Ben McAdoo made the playoffs his first year, and it went right down the tube the following year to the point where he was fired at the end of the year too. Think about that for me. Didn't even get a third year, and he took his team to the playoffs in the first year. That's how bad year two ended up being for McAdil. You don't have that with Dable. Dable gets it. He gets the city. He gets his team. He understands how to grow and cultivate. The sort of culture you need to win in the NFL gets it. It's coach of the year. I don't have a vote. If I had a vote, it wouldn't be close. Go through the coaches in the league. He's the coach of the year. Sirianni did a great job. O'Connell did a great job. My guy Shanahan, great job. Forget about McDaniel after what I've seen the last few weeks. He better not even be on any freaking ballots. Please. Going from 8-3 to 8-8. Eight and eight. You want to put Peterson on that list? You can put Peterson on the list. As they're one win away from the postseason. But to me, this giant team squeezing nine wins out of them, clinching the playoffs, going... But before you even get to week 18, incredible. Absolutely incredible. All right, we're going to run around the league real quick because when we come back, there was a whole lot of moving, shaking, whatever you want to call it. So we'll try to make sense of the playoff picture. For the Giants, you don't going to worry about that now. You're in. And unfortunately, if you're a Jeff fan, you're not worried about that either. You're out. But we'll do so anyway.
0: This episode is brought to you by cars.com. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com.
1: So here are the playoff scenarios. For the final spot in the AFC, because you know the six, Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati. Tomorrow night's game is monstrous. Buffalo wins. They play Week 18. They win. They're the number one seed. Road to the Super Bowl goes through Orchard Park. They lose. Then all of a sudden, it opens the door to them maybe resting guys in Week 18. They could be as low as the three, which means Buffalo would have to go to Cincinnati and would have to go to Kansas City, which I think would be a major problem for them. And it's still kind of contingent on what happens here in this Raven-Bengal game because Ravens could win the division they win their final two games. Ravens lose to the Steelers, that's out. That Cincinnati's going to win the division. And then Cincinnati's thinking about big things. Jacksonville, Tennessee, it's simple. Winning it. There are, I guess, scenarios for the loser if it's Jacksonville maybe to find their way in because they have a good conference record, but they need a ton to happen. The amazing thing now is that the New England Patriots control their own playoff destiny. They are 8-8. They go to Buffalo. They took down Miami today. Miami up 14 to 7. At 14-10, Bridgewater gets hit. It was a terrible third down call. They're forcing it into double coverage. I mean, the idea that there were national media people with the audacity to tell me that Teddy Bridgewater was a better option than two at the beginning of the year was so insulting. And it's just so clueless. They don't watch the same games that I watch. They just don't. And like, if you had that take on record, shame on you. Shame on you. Because I watched that entire game that Bridgewater played today and the games he's played earlier this year, and he's been brutal. And Scott Thompson is even worse. So after that pick six, he gets knocked out of the game. The Dolphins were cut. They were absolutely cut. Go to 8-3 and 8-8. And eight and eight. It's one of the biggest collapses in their franchise's history. Horrific. I know there have been injuries. I know they were missing a ton of guys today. Horrific. Miami, they need a win over the Jets. They need a Patriot loss against the Bills. And if the Bills win Monday night against Cincinnati, that scenario is far more likely, far more in play. Now, in the NFC, how about Green Bay today? I loved Green Bay against Minnesota. I thought it was a great spot for them. The Vikings now have a minus 19-point differential, and they are 12-4 and on the year. That's wild. Green Bay, winning in. That's the way it works for the Packers. Right now, Seattle has the three-way tie. They win the tiebreaker over Detroit because they beat Detroit earlier in the year. Detroit has the tiebreaker over Green Bay because remember, Detroit beat Green Bay earlier in the year. I thought they'd go Detroit-Green Bay on Sunday night, but then I failed to realize that game means nothing for Detroit, if Seattle wins. And Seattle's playing L.A., final game of the year. Game means nothing for them, if indeed that's the case. Green Bay wins, they get to 9-8. and Then all of a sudden, it's two-way tie. And they got a better conference record. Packers would end up in the playoffs. It's amazing the Packers are going to find their way into the postseason. And I'm sure it's good for the league, because they'd much rather have, let's be honest, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers playing in one of those national wildcard windows. Over Seattle any day of the week. San Fran, one more win there to two seed. That's important. If I'm a Giant fan, you're rooting very hard. Very, very hard for the Niners next week. And this is not trying to bring down a mood or anything along the lines of that. The Giants match up pretty well with the Vikings. They match up horrifically against the Niners. They don't have the physicality to match San Francisco. They don't have the firepower to match San Francisco. That defense is going to overwhelm the Giants because they're going to have no respect for the guys on the outside. Zero. On the other hand, Minnesota, they moved the ball really well against Minnesota. They were in a game against Minnesota and they're getting healthier defensively for if they play that game in two weeks. Giants are locked in as the sixth. No matter what, they are the sixth seed. You want the Minnesota Vikings. Good win for Tampa today. Tampa, down big. Brady comes storming back. I mean, it's Tampa's won about four games like this this year. This one, they actually, they earned. It didn't feel like the New Orleans game or the Arizona game where it was like handed to them. And I can tell you this, I can't wait to bet Tampa week one in the playoffs against Dallas. I can't wait. Because everyone's going to be on the Cowboys. No one's going to want to bet this crummy Bucks team that's either going to be 8-8 eight eight or 8-9, no, 9-8, and nine, nine and whatever. I'll be on them, and I'll probably end up winning the game. It's Brady. I mean, despite the year he's had, despite his age, despite his terrible head coach, it's Brady. It's like he finds ways. It's like he has this voodoo that's going to propel his team into the playoffs. Down two scores against the Carolina Panthers, came storming back to win that game. Wasn't going to lose. That was the bottom line for Tom. He was not going to lose that game. So, I would guess, we're taping this right now during a Sunday night game. I think Jacksonville-Tennessee is going to be the night game. I do. I expect that to be the Sunday night game. I think on Saturday, they will probably go either Green Bay-Detroit early. No, they wouldn't do that because Green Bay wins it and the Seattle game means nothing. They might just do the NFC East and get the ratings number. I doubt the Jets and I doubt the Pats and the Bills are playing on Saturday. They're going to want everybody on Sunday because now the Steelers could be in play. I love this stuff. It's interesting. For some people, the schedule, it's like the most boring thing in the world. They don't care. Me, I'm like mesmerized by it. So I even love working this out on the podcast where I'm trying to figure out, oh, this is what they might do. It's fun to me. It's It's like a cool brain exercise, you know? So I will say Jags Titans Sunday night, and NBC is not going to be thrilled about that, but it's their only winning in game. And I'll say they go NFC East. I say they go Dallas Washington early, because if Dallas wins, it puts the pressure on the Eagles, and then Eagles for the one seed against the Giants. And how will Brian Dable? That's going to be the topic all week. And we know Tom Coughlin a long time ago played his guys in Week 18 rallying cry or it was week 17 against the undefeated Patriots and the rest is history. I don't know if Brian Dable is going to have that same mentality. Sports a lot different than it was 10, 11, 12 years ago. Giants going to go all out to win this game against the Eagles? Uh, I'm not so sure. Not so sure. Tom Koffman talks to Brian Dable, He might feel differently though. So that'll be that'll be interesting. That'll be very, very interesting to see how the Giants handle next week. But That actually seems like a layup to ESPN because then you get Dallas and you get Philly and you get New York. And they're not the juiciest games of the week. They're decent games. So to go Dallas, Philly, or Dallas, Washington, Philly, Giants, that's my prediction for Saturday night. Now, as far as the college, I'm sure it caused a lot of grief and a lot of agita and a lot of stress for a whole lot of folks because. You have that Ohio State Georgia game coming down to the wire, and everybody wants to hear, you know, Dualipa and the, the ball drop or whoever. I don't even know what dopey performances are going on. Like I, to me, I, I was in my own little world, having my cocktail and, and waiting to see the end of Buckeye, Georgia, which was fantastic. Ohio State outplayed them. I told you Ohio State would be live in the game. The Harrison injury was a killer for the Buckeyes. They might have been able to finish off that game if he's in there. But what were the Buckeyes doing at the end of that game? Because the end of that game, they're settling for a 50-yard field goal. I don't care how good the kicker has been all year. You've got to get closer in that spot. And it could have. They seem way too content with a 50-yard field goal and the game being on the line. Heartbreaker for the Buckeyes. Georgia survives. But I think a lot of people are stunned by TCU. TCU—they got some swag about them, and they got all the breaks in this game. From the touchdown being overturned, which to me was a bad call in the game—that should have absolutely been a touchdown. It gets overturned, and of course, Michigan fumbles at the one-yard line. You also had Michigan with hideous play calling early in the game, getting way too cute running the Philly special around the goal line. What are we doing there? What are we doing? That opened the door for TCU. They got off to a hot start. They were able to play with a lead. And then the second half of the game, it was a track meet. I mean, it was a back and forth track meet to the point where you actually thought Michigan was going to come back and complete the comeback. Credit TCU. They're well coached. They got some chutzpah. They played the nobody believes in this card. Very impressive. Very, very impressive. That's going to be a tough act to follow against Georgia. You know, I have not made a bet yet on the title game. My heart is going to be pulling for TCU. I mean, how could you not be? I'm going to be rooting hard for TCU. That's tough sell. I to expect TCU to go and win that game. As Georgia and Kirby saw it, trying to make it back-to-back national titles. So I-, I was very much into that over the weekend. I enjoyed the college football playoff. And it's the first year that I can remember where both semifinal games were really entertaining. A lot of years you watch the college football playoff and the games stink. They're brutal. Not this year. TCU game was off the rails, and then the Buckeye came came down in final possession, for goodness sakes. All right. On that note, and it was at least a winning weekend for me from a bet standpoint. My heart's broken. So at least I have a little extra loot in my wallet. And hopefully I'll have a little more if the Bills take care of business against Cincinnati on Monday night. But it's money time. Jeff Money, the floor is yours, bud.
2: What up, JJ? Jeff Money here with a handicap Picks me for tomorrow, Monday, January the 2nd. So, Ashley, going to the 4 o'clock uh, games right now, actually I'm 2-2. and So far I hit my, uh, hit my money play. So I know you're rocking and rolling right now, 2-0 and at the moment. But as for the Monday night game, I'm going against you. Which I hate to do it since you're on fire on your, uh, on your best bets. So I'm going to go with the Bengals. Right now the line's showing on FanDuel. They are plus 1.5, the Bengals, over the Bills. So I'm going to take the Bengals plus the 1.5. That's going to be my play for Monday. Never can always... Follow all my daily plays on Twitter at Jeff Money. Okay, JJ, I'm out of here. Let's go.
1: Let's go, Jeff Money. Heads up. So right now I am 3-1. Giants, Browns, Packers on the barn. Jets a loser. Joe, Giants, Lions winner. Houston, Carolina, Philly loser. Ooh, I can gain at least a game. Maybe two, if the Buffalo Bills take care of business. 4-1 would put me at 45-37. And Joe would be 44-35. Ooh, I like that. And how about Art pulling out that giant Carolina tease by the uh, hair of his chinny-chin-chin. i missed PAT. Significant to some. Rather, rather significant to some. So. Sometimes you got to get the breaks. Giants have gotten a lot of them this year. Can't say the same about uh, some of our other friends. Not so much. Not so much. All right. We'll be back Tuesday. I'm very looking forward to the uh, chat we'll have with the quarterback of the New York football Giants who had a hell of a 2022. His team's in the playoffs. He's got a new contract coming his way. Daniel Jones will join us. We'll start planting the seeds for week 18. Giants, how they handle this will be interesting. And I guess fire up that conversation now about what the Jets going to do with quarterback because we've only just begun in dissecting that wonderful, wonderful topic that we've talked about for way too many times over the last 20-plus years. Round and round, the merry-go-round we go. Good work by Stephon. I know he's bummed out. As am I, though. So misery loves company. What can I say? Back on Tuesday with the Giant quarterback. Happy New Year, one and all. And I think today is it for me with Happy New Year's. Maybe I'll give Daniel Jones a Happy New Year when I talk to him on Tuesday, but that's it. I promise you, no more Happy New Year's after DJ. That's that. JJ on. Do good, everybody.